Marco, you don't find this all a little strange? What? Everyone does this. Do they? You know, I'm not a fan of all this stuff. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're not a fan of Halloween. Yes. I tell you this every year, man. Why do you always drag me into this? Whoa, whoa. Let's not ruin the fun. Here we go. Ugh. Trick or treat! Hmm, what are you two supposed to be? Good question. I'm dressed as Rashid Wallace for that one night he played for the Atlanta Hawks. He was traded the very next day to the Pistons, and then went on to win a championship. And he's... Uh, <clears throat> what are you? Ugh. I'm a guy that hosts a podcast. Really? Aren't you guys a little old to be trick or treating? See, I told you, Marco. This is strange for two 30-year-old guys to be doing. Shh, shh, PJ, not in front of the customer. Besides, I haven't turned the big 3-0 yet. Great. That robot gives the best candy in the neighborhood. Marco, don't you think it's time we grew up and started handing out the candy instead of dressing up in these ridiculous costumes asking for it? Yes. Now leave my property. He wasn't talking to you. Ugh, fine. Let's go back to your place and hand out candy like adults. Our first trick-or-treater. Where did Marco go? Wow. Are you Dick Vitale? Halloween, it's awesome, baby. If I had more time, I'd dress as a blue devil, because I love Duke. Now let's break out some PTT primetime treats, baby. Seriously, Marco? I thought we agreed to move on from this. Yeah, 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 you're right. I was just, um, you know, testing. Yeah, you know. Happy Halloween, Marco? I know it's you. You're wearing the exact same clothes with a wig. This is not Marco. This is Marv Albert. Yes, we're live from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Wow, what a play by Victor Oladipo. Halloween does not magically make you a basketball announcer, Marco. Goodbye. Oh, come on! What is this? I'm... that guy from Game of Thrones. What guy? You don't recognize me? Uh, oh, forget it. I don't even watch that show. You just glued a bunch of leaves to your sports coat. Whatever. I hope you're happy, PJ. I used to love Halloween, but now I feel nothing inside. Like you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Now, trick-or-treating as grown men was a terrible idea. But we can still celebrate Halloween by doing a podcast-themed show. That would be awesome. The Weekend Halloween Edition. Things are about to get very spooky. <laughs> Yar! DJ, that's good. Try to be a little more spooky. Yar? Hit it. Ten years in the making. Team Weekend is back. A lot of things have changed since our debut on local radio. Did somebody say podcast? No. Podcast. Yeah. But no matter how much things change, one question remains. You want a piece of my heart? What did you say? You gotta start from the start. You're speaking nonsense. You wanna be in the show? I am in the show. I'm a co-host. Come on, baby. Let's go. Baby? Who are you calling baby right now? Wait, wait. Have you just been quoting Loverboys working for the weekend this whole time? No. Everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. It's time for the weekend. Everyone's watching. 
gets the dirt. Spooky podcast. Yeah, this is still the weekend podcast for those who uh, freaked out for a moment. But it's Halloween themed, so PJ was justified in doing that. Marco, I thought we were going to get into the spirit of the holiday here. You know, that's the whole point of a themed podcast. Yeah, no, okay, I can uh, I can do that. Um, what are you looking for, werewolf, Dracula? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm a mummy. Mummies sound like this. <laughs> okay, um, yep. Yeah. We're, we're, we're building into something here, folks. You know, I'm going to talk like this for a long time. It will be easy to listen to. That's awesome, baby! You know, I'm still trying to figure out from that opening segment what Dickie V has to do with Halloween. Also, that was a really bad Dickie V. <laughs> I thought you were a mummy, too. No, no. Okay, I need to stop doing this. But uh, I am very excited <laughs> about this episode, despite my lack of... Uh, scary voice but um we got a lot of fun stuff planned pj we do um so you know that's right this is our first themed podcast and it's all about halloween so marco and i we've never actually done this in the opening but we figured it would start being helpful to kind of talk about what's coming up in the podcast so for this podcast all the segments are going to have something to do with halloween and the first one's going to be a brand new segment called the great debate and i think you know what the topic's going to be about Pumpkins, eat them or throw them away. I, you know what? I'm gonna save my thoughts uh, for in just a couple minutes. Smart, smart. Cause, uh, cause we are gonna debate each other. That's another spoiler. PJ and I are gonna debate each other in the great debate. That's, uh, that's right. <laughs> the next segment is Mad Mad Marco's bad bad stock advice. Uh, in case you didn't, you know, really make a fortune the first one, I'm going to run it back to try to help those out or for those new listeners. Uh, always trying to make some money, try to help out the listeners. Um, this will be scary, spooky, but mostly educational. I'm just really hoping it's not pumpkins because you did, what, flour the last time? So let's get away from the food groups this time, Marco. Okay, going to have to work on the fly. Very good. <laughs> After stock <laughs> advice, we have sports. And then, music. <laughs> kind of werewolfy there. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'd say if you have to say it, then it may not be the best <laughs> voice. But, yeah, we're going to keep it normal. Every show got sports and music. You know, those are the staples. We can't keep throwing new segments at you every 10 seconds, you know, flip out and, you know, post on Facebook that you're confused. You know, we don't want that. That's what we're trying to do. No, no, no. We definitely don't. You know, you're right. I, I think I have to stop doing accents. But, you know, if we're not going to do accents, Marco, I'm still starting to wonder why we're doing a Halloween podcast to begin with. Because I really don't like Halloween at all. This would have been a cool thing to you know, take outside the recording booth. But now that we're here, I'm just going to say it. Halloween's amazing. The listeners want to listen to it. It's a fun holiday. We have all a whole show planned about Halloween. Halloween's great. I mean, what else do I need to say? I think you need to say a lot. And that brings us to a great transition for our first brand new segment, The Great Debate. On April 26, 1920, the first great debate was held in Washington, D.C. at the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History. In this landmark public debate, astronomers Heber Curtis and Harlow Shapley argued the size of the universe. Nearly 100 years later, PJ and Marco continue the tradition of thoughtful and thorough discourse engaging in meaningful topics across the fields of academia. A barrel of oatmeal cannot be weighed Therefore, it is weightless. If dogs could talk, and I'm not ruling out that they cannot, they would all have the exact same voice. Razor scooters are stupid. They always have been, 
and always will be. Yarn is not big string. It's different. And now, The Weekend Podcast presents The Great Debate. People, people from far and wide, welcome to the Team Weekend Great Debate. We have two debaters with us, myself, Marco, and debating me is PJ. Here, here. Today's debate is best holiday ever. I am electing to debate on behalf of Halloween. PJ? And I am here to debate for the 4th of July. Very good. There was a coin flip that was unaired. PJ has won this coin flip and will begin the debate. Here, here. <laughs> so 4th of July was an interesting choice to make. I, we wanted to pick a holiday that we both thought that we both thought was the best holiday in the annual calendar. To me, first point that makes the 4th of July the best holiday is the time of year. It takes place in the middle of the summer. What is a better time of year to celebrate a holiday? It's warm, it's nice out, and you get to go outside and enjoy yourself. Now that's, that's a very good point. People like the summer, but rebuttal, summer is inherently awesome. We don't need a holiday to celebrate the good weather. We need holidays when it's cold outside, when it's looking gloomy and dark and dreary. That's when you need something to pick you up. That's fair, but rebuttal, we're all really busy during the summer. Sometimes you need a holiday to just stop and take in the, the sights, the sounds, and the beautiful weather. Rebuttal, you want a holiday to slow down the fun times and just like, whoa, 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 now we gotta do something else. No, summer's freewheeling, good time. Keep the good times going. That's my stance. All right, well, why is Halloween great? I hate Halloween. Rebuttal, Halloween's awesome. My first point being, <laughs> There is free food built into this holiday. The whole concept of trick-or-treating, you go around and get candy. You don't pay for this candy, it is free. This is a very charitable and giving holiday that you know gives out candy to children. Fantastic. I do love candy, and I'll admit, when I was a kid, I loved getting that candy. But, rebuttal, biggest problem with this holiday there's like age restrictions to getting the candy. Once you turn 30 years old, which I hate to tell you, Marco, we're both basically 30 at this point, it gets awkward to try and ask for the candy. Rebuttal, candy is geared towards children, one, because it's more genuine, and two, that's the kind of time when your metabolism can handle it. As you age out of collecting candy, it's a good way to kind of distance yourself and start living you know, a healthy, active adult lifestyle. So candy for the kids, where it should be, very appropriate Halloween. Yeah, I get it, but then you know what? You look at like a holiday like the 4th of July and rebuttal, you have food like barbecuing and grilling, which everybody can enjoy no matter how old you are. You want to be unhealthy to your old ages? You got grilling and barbecuing to take care of that for you. Fair point. Everyone likes a good cookout. 4th of July is notorious for that, and I, I've partaked and will partake again, but rebuttal, that burger didn't grow on a tree, you know? This isn't free food. There's literally a free food economy for children up to arguably high school age. That's, you know, you just cannot deny the value, the inherent value in that candy. Well, I agree. Free is great, but you know what also is great? Firecracker popsicles. Can you think of a better themed piece of food for a holiday than the firecracker popsicle? One. It's perfect for the summer. It's a cold piece of ice that you can use to kind of cool down in a hot summer. Also, it's color-coded perfectly to celebrate the holiday. Halloween's a mishmash of random candy that has nothing to do with Halloween. Rebuttal, there is candy corn. I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm not the biggest candy corn <laughs> advocate, but candy corn's there. Also has three colors. Rebuttal, rebuttal, candy corn is terrible. I shouldn't have loved with candy corn. Okay, my next point for Halloween, amazing <laughs> costumes. You get to see creativity in people. People make their own costumes or they go to the store and buy costumes, get to see current, you know, pop culture things, retro things, scary things, funny things. 
it's a great holiday just to see what people out there and what's hot, what people are trying to do. Rebuttal. The only thing I hate probably more than candy corn is the fact that I have to dress up in a holiday for Halloween. There is way too much pressure around costuming. And it also favors all the people that have the most random clothes in their closet. Rebuttal. People who have random clothes in their closet should be rewarded, and Halloween is a great vehicle for that. Secondly, there are plenty of outlets to find costumes. There actually are something they call stores, pop-up stores that sell costumes seasonally just to support Halloween. The pressure should be off. If you need to find something to dress up as, go to a store and, and dress up as something. And also, it's very affordable because this stuff is cheap and not made to last. Rebuttal, you can only wear the costume once and then it's old and everybody's already seen it once. Best thing about the 4th of July is that you can wear themed clothing for the 4th of July and then wear it again the next year. You don't have to keep planning new costumes out every single year. Rebuttal, while it is encouraged to have a new costume every year, you don't have to. You can go all in and make one dope costume and bring it out every year. And if it's really good, people will still love it. And they'll probably judge you. Another argument for the 4th of July. When I was looking for a holiday, I think you have to at least find a holiday that gets you out of work. Almost everybody gets the day off of work for the 4th of July. How about you, Marco? Do you get the day off for Halloween? I respect that argument. Having a holiday have a day off work is a very positive and sign that indicates it's a very real holiday. While Halloween is not recognized by the U.S. government as a federal holiday, there are people working out there fighting the good fight to make that happen, and I give them all my support. However... Rebuttal, I do not. <laughs> don't rebuttal during the point, PJ. There's decorum to the great debate. <laughs> okay, that being said, don't you like a good excuse to get out of work? That built-in date, it's not there, but so easily attainable. It's like low-hanging fruit. Like, oh, you know, gotta take the kids trick-or-treating. Or like, oh, I promised I'd help set up the party. Everyone's just half their foot out the door anyway. Halloween's a very fun gray zone of like, yeah, work can tone it down. Some people dress up for work even and bring the festivities to the workplace. That's a whole other great debate, but I'm just saying... Your workday can be chill or not there if you play your cards right. Rebuttal. Some of my worst memories about Halloween were the fact that when I started to actually get into the holiday, I started to realize I didn't get the day off of school. I had this big, all these plans for Halloween, and then I still had to go to school before I could go out and actually celebrate Halloween. Rebuttal. Halloween is typically a nighttime holiday regardless, so unless you work nights or go to night school, Many people's schedules are conducive to the holiday. Trick-or-treating is typically done at night. You know, the history of if you're bored, pull off a trick, which I don't necessarily advocate. You have the cover of night to protect your identity and help you get away. Um, also, it's more spooky at night. That's part of the whole theme of the holiday. So it's a nighttime holiday. The majority of Americans can celebrate it without a day of work. However, I still advocate we should get a day off work for Halloween. I have one more point with the 4th of July, and I think this seals the deal. The 4th of July has fireworks. Everybody loves fireworks. It's an actual way to kind of come together, celebrate, and watch something completely awesome. That I love fireworks. I really do. And this, this is a tough debate for me because, you know, as we're wrapping this up, I, I really do love the 4th of July, and I think that's a very good choice. Um, I will rebuttal in this. There's no reason you can't do fireworks for Halloween. I'd say it's a little out of the box, but that could be a fun trend. And if Halloween gets fireworks, watch out. I can't even envision how fireworks and Halloween would go together. That seems like the worst combination you could possibly do. Rebuttal, don't do that. Fireworks already have a thing. It's called the 4th of July, and they already also have a second thing. It's called New Year's Day slash Eve. You don't need a third fireworks holiday. Now Halloween's just trying to step in on other people's stuff. Hey, New Year's rebuttal, rebuttal. New Year's already crept in on 4th of July territory with their own fireworks show. That opened the door. I'm not saying, you know, other holidays should go on and, you know, claim the fireworks, but they can. Halloween doesn't need to, but trust me, that day when Halloween wakes up and decides, you know what? Let's get a little fun tonight. Let's get some fireworks. 
you know, maybe that should be our country's national holiday. Rebuttal. No, it should definitely not be our holiday. <laughs> okay, Margo. This... I, I don't think we're ever going to agree on this, but I think we have laid out some fantastic points between these two holidays, and I think we're going to need some help from our listeners to decide who has won the great debate. Yes, please take to Twitter and vote for me, Marco, and showing how Halloween is superior to the 4th of July. Please go to Twitter and claim your allegiance to Halloween. Hashtag Halloween. And since this is a themed Halloween podcast... Do the exact opposite of what Marco is telling you and vote against Halloween. We all know the 4th of July is superior to Halloween. Do what is right and vote for fireworks, barbecue food, a day off of work, and in general, just getting away from costumes as far as possible. Vote with your heart and with your mind. We'll have the the Twitter link on our Facebook page. Also, we're at Team Weekend Podcast, so find us. Or just, you know, email us if you want to. Just get the vote out, and let's just settle this digitally. I say this debate is concluded. Now, Marco, you ready to give me some advice? <sighs> give me a second. I'm still pretty worked up about that Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. T-minus five seconds to critical mass. What's going on? It's now time for... Mad Mad Marco's Bad Bad Stock Advice. Marco Myers is not stock market professional, nor does he have any stock market experience. Marco Myers' stock market views are not necessarily those of WPFH, its staff, or the Bloomfield School District. Marco Myers does not take responsibility for those stock tips that may turn out to be good. For further questions, call 248-341-WPFH. It's back for the second time in three episodes. A classic franchise segment for the weekend. It's Mad Mad Marco's Bad Bad Stock Advice. We have Mad Mad Marco in studio again to give our podcast listeners some of the finest advice. Marco, what do you have for the listeners this episode? Thank you, PJ. Uh, We're back again with more financial advice Typically on these segments, I like to do kind of mainstream advice that will work, you know, all the time. However, this is a Halloween-themed episode, and I do love Halloween, so I was able to find a good seasonal stock for everyone. Now, if you miss out on this next this year, don't worry. Next Halloween time frame, you'll be really ready to go because this is a growing industry. You're probably wondering at home, what Halloween stock are we talking about? The answer... Ethically sourced decorative bones. So, uh, yeah, we the good bones. You know, people you know have decorations for Halloween. Uh, you ask, maybe you ask, why are these bones different, or why should I invest in these bones? Yes, why should I invest in these bones? Yes, very good. So, <laughs> here's the thing: you have your current decorations you grew up with you know maybe if you're you know an older listener maybe they're made of wood you know maybe you know since the 80s 90s so forth they're plastic these fake bones that's the key they're fake are you scaring someone with these bones if you're walking up to someone's house and you see these bones because you see them everywhere you see them at the the department store the grocery store everyone's selling you these bones and so the kids know they're savvy they see these bones like oh it's fake i'm not even scared they're probably ready to trick you because they have a choice, trick or treat. They're probably going in for the trick, you know? These bones are whack, they're fake. On the other hand, if you use real bones, you gotta ask yourself a few questions. Where are these bones coming from? Because, you know, it's, you know, where do you get your hands on these bones? Is it get them from a grave digger? You know, some sort of, you know, mob underworld connection? You know? I mean, I don't want to say it, but 
were these bones from a murder? I mean, you gotta be careful out there with these decorative bones. So, you know, we're in a very conscious society and I think it's, you know, it's a good thing to, you know, people concerned about where their food's coming from, where their clothes are made. You know, these decorative bones are right along that theme. So, uh, ethically sourced decorative bones is a very much growing market and it's gonna, it's gonna explode. So this is a good time to get on the, on the ground floor. Interesting. You know, so just to remind the people, our last uh, Mad Mad Marco stock advice was bread, correct? It was actually flour. Flour, so. excuse me, which makes bread. Yes, uh, that's how I got correct. there. Correct, yep. So, um, contrasting compared to me, flour to bones, how do you get from that to that? I mean, it's a pretty big change here. Also, how is flour doing so far here? Yeah, sure. No, I figured to ask a lot of lot of questions within that. Again, flour is a is a fundamental investment. It's that that's about to happen. <laughs> it's in the process. It's happening. It's going to happen. So, flour invest whenever you want, whenever you have the means to invest. Because again, the whole premise is the conversion of our global currency to flour. So, you know, if you want money in the future. You need flour. That's kind of how it goes. This is more of a fun, you know, Halloween-themed thing where it's like, yeah, you don't need decorative bones. I mean, like, I love Halloween. You know, you have, you know, your thoughts on Halloween. Not, but I don't even decorate. Not everyone decorates. So this isn't a huge stock, but it's very niche stock that will do very well. Because here's the thing. These decorative bones, people have to, to be ethically sourced, it has to be verified, people have to donate their body to be turned into Halloween decorations. So there's a lot of benevolent people out there who do that, but still, it's still a small percentage of the global population. So because of that, the supply is super low. Demand, you know, skyrockets these prices. I mean, for a full ethically sourced skeleton, it's about 50 grand. So... Whoa. Right. So, I mean, if you invest in this, if you're part of that network that sells this, I mean, you can imagine, you know, 100 sales, 300 sales. That's serious money. So that that's really where yeah. this profit's coming from. So it's it's different how it's played in terms of the scope of the investment. So, so you uh, actually hit on two of my questions here going into these bones here. Um, so I'll just knock these two out here because I think they mostly got answered. But I guess... First off, we're only dealing with people's bones. Is that the, fa the, the fact here? Like, so no animals? We're not doing, you know, I, I, mean, I don't even know. What's a scary animal that you'd want bones from? Werewolf. Not, yes. No werewolf bones in this in this advice? Well, here's the thing about, you know, the authenticity, authenticity, authenticity yikes, is so important these days. So, you know, werewolves, many believe, don't exist. So even if you have a set of mint werewolf bones, those mm. will be questioned fundamentally because people are like, that's not a real thing. It's not a real thing, it's not real bones. It's like, ooh, you got me. So yeah, you want human <laughs> bones, that's kind of the scariest, because you know, if you get into the whole decoration thing, like, you're trying to scare people. And you know, people, like, a lot of people have a fear of you know, their mortality. So seeing a real skeleton of a person's like, wow, that's straight up scary. So yeah, mostly people bones, do I think it can expand to other markets? I think so. And I mean, yeah, can you cleverly arrange some cow bones, some pig bones, something to create, you know, a monster of your own creation? Yeah, you can and you should, but that's pretty affordable to do these days with butchers and everything. So the, the margins on the people bones is really the key thing there. So that's that's why it's a good stock. The other stock with animal bones kind of go up and down. I think people bone stock that are ethically sourced, underscore ethically sourced, will skyrocket. So I guess the big question is, how do, I mean, you kind of mentioned this. What allows these bones to be considered ethically sourced here? Because, I mean, Here's the thing, there's gotta be some paperwork involved with these bones, right? Because at the end of the day, you've got these bones just sitting in the front of your place. How do you not get in trouble? Like people start getting suspicious. How did you get these bones? Are, you know, were you involved with how these bones were uh, created? Right, right, no, that, that's good because, uh, yeah, as, as we talked about earlier, you should question where human skeletons are coming from. So <laughs> what they do is, and you, you were right on your instincts, people will donate 
their body, like people donate their body to science. That's a common yeah. occurrence that happens now. And you know, people use that in medical schools for different things for training. So you would still donate your body. There's a lot of legal fees to do that. You know, have to make sure that all the documents are signed. You know, I's dotted, T's crossed to make sure, hey, when I die, these bones are going to be hanging up on someone's door for <laughs> Halloween. So there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of legal fees. Um, a lot of these companies have a huge legal team, you know, to actually, you know, handle this. So that's kind of where these costs come from. Um, on the whole, there is some... I think I've seen this some light engraving on the bones. So if people really, you know, her neighbors really harass you, don't trust you, it's like, you're a shady dude, you're always shady, these are not ethically sourced, you can get a magnifying glass and kind of look at certain features of the bone. There's kind of insignia, some things, every, you know, company does a little differently to kind of check. Um, but again, it's, it's subtle because if you don't want to have a big sign, ethically sourced bones, that ruins the illusion. You know, we're trying to get in the mindset of a haunted house. We don't want to be like, oh, ethically sourced bones, that's nice. You, you know, you want to be sucked in. So it has to, the proof has to be there, but right. it has to still work as decoration. So I got a question. Following down this, you know, train of thought, we want scary, you know, authentic bones. Why not suggest ethically sourced blood wow you know take the whole thing to another level well i think uh i think there might be a mad mad pj's bad bad stock of my <laughs> spinoff coming up i mean i don't think there's anything stopping you doing that i i do think again it does come back to margins a bit i mean people donate blood people create blood blood is for lack you know without saying crass it's more easy to come by than, you know human skeletons so but hey you know get, get get some blood you know if you i suppose you could slowly accumulate your own blood freeze for decorations too so you know cut out the middle man but uh you know it's it's your house it's your apartment you know and if you're renting definitely check the lease to make sure you can do any of this stuff <laughs> but uh you know, it's all for a good cause well, sort of, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess, you know, if we were to ever start a Mad Mad Mar uh, PJ segment, we'd have to find much better alliteration uh, for that segment because it just doesn't flow. I mean, the big thing I think the difference here between ethically sourced blood in this situation versus ethically sourced bones is ethically sourced bones you most likely could reuse from year to year unless these things have an expiration date on them, which I'm not sure if they do or don't. But blood... Most likely the way you'd use it in this display. Probably not getting that back. It's a one-time use only. Yeah, very good. You you pretty much hit it right there. Bones, as we know, don't really decompose. Fossil <laughs> records, you know, <laughs> bones will stick around. So, it, you know, 50 grand, you're like, that's crazy. It was like, imagine 50 grand being used for 50 Halloweens. Right. Now it's looking like a steal. Yeah, that's a great point. And, I mean, <laughs> this is the other part of that whole equation here is just, I mean... Most likely the way you'd, you'd be investing this is you're buying a set. And the great thing is you probably can resell it for even more. Because, I mean, imagine this. What if that person you ethically bought the bones from turns out to be a really famous person? Now you've really got a set of bones you can really sell off. Yeah, uh, celebrity bones, historical figures. Yeah, I mean, that's something where that market's there, but I don't want to say that to the full podcast audience i mean there's only less than 10 players in the world <laughs> that have access to this stuff so like but ethically sourced human bones i think you know we have a lot of people a lot of, you know population and something where if a family you know wants to they can kind of you know decide as a group you know hey you know when you know uncle charlie passes on you know <laughs> we would like to uh you know, uses bones for decoration. That's another thing too. You know, even if you keep your own bones, you still have to go through these companies. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you should, I should say, because you don't want the police snooping around. Like, wait, we haven't seen Uncle Charlie in a while. It's like, no, no, it's a Halloween thing. You know, if you go through the company, it's all the paperwork's there, as you said. Well, Marco, some fantastic advice for the listeners, though I would like to apologize to all the Uncle Charlies out there that we have as listeners to the podcast show, because I imagine at this point they're very nervous, so what's going to happen to them. 
uh, in the future, Reeks. <laughs> Again, the two words you start every time you say is ethically sourced. sourced. Don't don't kill Uncle Charlie for his bones. <laughs> there are ways to do this. <laughs> ethically. <laughs> Well, that wraps up a very educational, once again, educational Madman Marco's Bad Bad Stock Advice. We got two more segments to go, folks. Upcoming next, a Halloween-themed sports segment. He stands, stacks of green paper in his red right hand. Baseball, basketball, volleyball, tennis, ball, badminton, shuttlecock, sports. Well, now that you've gotten that fantastic advice from Marco, it's time to talk about everybody's favorite subject, sports. With the Halloween twist, of course. Major twist. Yes. I mean, I don't know if we can top last week's sports segment, or last episode's sports segment. Uh, those <laughs> at-bat intros were fantastic, and I'm still hyped about all those. Hey, that's great. We're baseball playoffs, so still relevant. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, you know, we actually had an extra discussion thread about those at-bat songs that took place on our Team Weekend Facebook page. So if you're still interested in talking or sharing any songs or ideas around that, feel free to drop that uh, a comment in our Facebook page. But today, it's all about Halloween. You know, a lot of sports take place in the October time frame, and sports and Halloween, they seem to go together quite a bit. Um, so we got three random stories today we want to cover about how sports and Halloween have come together. Marco, why don't you kick it off? So our first segment is about a true haunting. So be warned, this may get scary. Our tale takes <laughs> place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, where the Thunder, the NBA team, plays. Uh, when you're on the road in the NBA, you know, obviously you stay in hotels. Every team that plays the Thunder stays in this hotel. It's the Skirvin Hotel, and... I don't know why people keep staying there because it has many reports of it being haunted. There is a ghost that has haunted players, you know, via sounds, via images or specters. And uh, I actually found about this from a New York Times article. And many real players are afraid and have changed their accommodations because of this haunting. So this actually is a Halloween, you know, theme thing, but it has real implications within the sports world. Like they get, these guys have to play games the next day. So. <laughs> Extreme home court advantage for the Thunder team. So, I mean, I saw this article as well. Um, have you ever stayed at a haunted hotel? Because I have. Wow. Okay, no. So please jump to your experience. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I usually travel on Thanksgiving to a family trip. And uh, we stayed at the Hotel Del Coronado, which is right on the island outside of San Diego very famous hotel it's not just known as a haunted hotel i'm which i'm sure the skirvin hotel is not necessarily just a haunted hotel but we actually stayed pretty much in this exact corridor which was considered haunted where there was a ghost that supposedly kind of wandered in this area i can tell you i did not see the ghost but it did feel haunted very creepy in the area of the hotel we stayed in was it mostly a visual thing or or like a, a sense that you had no it was definitely visual i think you it if you, I mean, uh, just that it was very old school, dark, and kind of in a corner of a building. Now, did it, I mean, could I call that corner haunted? No, it was known as haunted. If you were to ask me, not haunted necessarily, because I didn't see anything. Just felt creepy where you were at. Now, this one, this story here in Oklahoma City, they claim, like, basketball players are claiming they've heard, what, sounds like people knocking on doors and things? Some Stuff like that. I, I, read. I think someone said that a a bathroom tub had filled on its own. Some have seen the claim to see the ghost. So, um, and athletes are superstitious people by nature. So I, I think, you know, you're, you're playing with a, a group that should not be played with in terms of a haunting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, you know, basketball players are known to live strange hours too. Yeah, you know, I where they'll stay out late at night because you know for them their shift doesn't start usually until late in the afternoon, uh, like lunch, even one o'clock compared to a normal person's work hours. But to me, a lot of the hauntings that I read, to be honest, sounded like in a way hotel situation where potentially a home fan could do you know a lot of this and you know from making annoying sounds to knocking on doors to just you know try and annoy the other team's fan uh team that's an interesting point i don't know i think the hotel i mean that's a lot of business in terms of an nba schedule is 82 games so roughly 40 or so at home if you know I haven't been to Oklahoma City, but I imagine there's other places to stay. So I would think they want to protect that, you know, built-in thing. You know, NBA players have decent salaries, could tip well, has a reputation that can say, you know, NBA teams stay here. So I think, like, in the article, they, they the hotel staff, you know, downplayed, you know, the rumors. But, like, a lot of people very strongly, you know, feel that this hotel is haunted. So a spooky tale for yeah. Halloween, for sure. That's that's right, and uh, if you like ghosts, I guess this is right up your alley. So, <laughs> I you know unresolved situation on our end. We'll have to someday if we go to, we'll have to go to Oklahoma City. I think to to uh, ourselves investigate this further. If we do ever go, though, Marco, definitely live podcasting that. <laughs> okay, I'll have to talk myself into that for. <laughs> yeah, once once we get a travel budget for the weekend, we'll, we'll look into Kickstarter that. Kickstarter we'll for. <laughs> Haunted live podcast from Oklahoma City. <laughs> <laughs> so moving it along here, uh, second story, sports and Halloween is about uh, a college baseball team that played a full baseball game, intra-squad it looks like, against each other in legit costumes. Now, this, I mean... If you've watched baseball before, it's become a common thing nowadays where, like, minor league baseball teams will kind of have a themed night where the baseball uniforms basically are a costume. Like, there's ones where there's stormtroopers, uh, pirates, or, you know, I mean, there's so many different types of things, but it's still essentially a baseball uniform. This, they're not wearing baseball uniforms. They're wearing legit Halloween costumes. I've got right now, there's a YouTube video which we're going to post on our Twitter feed, Team Weekend Pod, and our, our Facebook page of the team playing baseball in Halloween costumes. I have right now, I'm staring at a freeze frame of four men in a Jamaican bobsled team trying to run from home plate to first base. That's the best part. That's the best one. I, I watched a lot of videos. I'd say check out the page and you know they'll be linked to other videos. There's a lot of good ones out there too, and that that one's the most outrageous. Um, I won't say whether they got the first base or not. You gotta watch the video <laughs> to find out. But to PJ's point, there are other costumes like there's a man that's dressed as a baby, so he's wearing a diaper. There are guys wearing dresses for San Diego State. I mean, like really, guy that's, the guy that's uh, playing shortstop is uh, either an iPhone with a Facebook app logo on it or something, but he's in a massive box. The third base <laughs> coach is like in a gorilla suit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very impressive. I I mean, yeah, this looks fun to me. But I mean, like, as I said, I you know, baseball it's become so cliche to do the costume thing. But this is like, yes, taking it to the next level. I, I give the team a lot of credit. I just wish they could do it during the season. And I know, yes, do the competition of you know Division One athletics. It probably would never happen. But <laughs> man. That would be amazing. I would go to that game. I would. I would go to this game, frankly, too. It looks like they're having a, a ball out there. So I would. There were people in the stands in the video, like people watching this. Um, <laughs> I agree. I mean, I just want to see this person at home plate. Like all we see is them running. I think from home plate to first base in the in the Jamaican bobsled. I want to see four players in the Jamaican bobsled, all with bats, going against this pitcher. Oh. I'd be fascinated. That would like, be there's good. some interesting ways the baseball could be twisted thanks to the costume, and I think it'd be sweet. Yeah. Maybe minor league teams should do just a bobsled night. You know, just give the people what they want, yes. cut out, you know, the extra yes. fluff. <laughs> just a lot of bobsled. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it'd be amazing. There is, I, I did see uh, somebody in a princess costume with a very short skirt uh, and a six-pack. Hits a home run in this video. I mean, th- it, this baseball game's got everything. 
Yeah. There's a person in Captain America costume. <laughs> like, if I were to ever get back into Halloween, because I hate Halloween. I think we've established <laughs> this at this point in the podcast. But Keep it together. <laughs> Keep it together, man. <laughs> I'm trying. But if I ever was to enjoy Halloween, this would be how I'd enjoy it. Let's see. Halloween is so diverse and broad. There is something for everyone. And, you know, like baseball, this is a niche. This is a way to celebrate Halloween. So that's our second story. Two, uh, sounds like San Diego is a pretty haunted place. But our next story takes us to <laughs> Canada. And uh, this actually has other, I mean, spooky, maybe more or less, but still themed. Um, the game is Bunnock. And uh, it's also been known to call... The Game of Bones. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's because it was played uh, with real bones, uh, horse ankle bones. It was, the origins have it, it was developed by Rus- Russian soldiers in the early 1900s. Um, the tundra was so frozen, they couldn't drive a stake in to play horseshoes. So they just lined up some bones and then would then throw stuff at the bones. Uh, that's mostly it. Um, <laughs> But fast forward, a game really took off in Canada, and they still play it to this day. <laughs> so, and we again, we'll, we'll link everything from this segment on the Facebook page and Twitter. But uh, yeah, you can watch video of these people playing this game. It's you know, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's still a thing in Russia, but in Canada, they love Bunnik. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to find the right spot for that niche. But. I mean, to me, so perfect Halloween story. We're playing with bones. I mean, what other more, you know, sports theme could you find that meshes with Halloween? But to me, the big question coming out of this is, where do these bones come from? Whose bones are these? I've read two different articles. I'm still not sure. Where are these bones coming from? Are these the losing team's bones? Like, I mean, how did these bones get created? Yeah, no, no. that uh, These are all fair questions, and... As we've learned, you're right to question where bones come from. <laughs> My understanding is that they they are modeled after ankle bones, but are made of plastic. So um, origins okay, and bones. Okay, that just ruined it all. The for modern me. Canadian game is played with plastic pieces. So, um, and we'll link some more. There's a town in Canada of Macklin where they've erected a giant statue of one, and there's a visitor information session. So maybe the second Kickstarter could be live podcast in Macklin. <laughs> We go to this place, you know, uh, find out some more information, maybe, you know, play a game against the locals. But, um, I guess, yeah, we definitely would have to play. I mean, because first off, I need to know how much skill is involved with this game. Because I think we could do perfectly fine just showing up off the street. I don't want to sound confident, but after watching the YouTube video, I think we could be okay. It's, it, it is similar to horseshoes and bowling. That's how it's described. And it's kind of like you're standing, you know, 10 feet or so away, trying to knock some stuff down. And I don't know. You're, if you play any kind of recreational sports, there's always some objective of you're throwing something at something and moving. It's it's all the same thing. This one happens to be with plastic bones in Canada. So, you know, all these Bunnock fans are like tuning out right now on our podcast because I'm sure they're at least, they believe at least there's plenty of skill. I mean, if we trained like doing shuffleboard or what, what's the one with the ha- cornhole, I think we'd be just as ready to go. Yeah, no, I, th- I think, yeah, it, it takes some training. So, I mean, we we should play a few games before we go there. But, I mean, yeah, I, right. I think we'd be all right. But um, I mean, to me, you know, I did not know about the bones not being real bones. But to me, that's so far the biggest letdown of this podcast so far. And I'm back to hating Halloween after hearing that. Okay, well, we still have one more segment left to turn this whole thing around. <laughs> so I think this is a good place as any to wrap up sports Halloween edition. <laughs> Let's kick it into music. Ha, ha, ha. 
And we're back for our final segment of this episode of The Weekend. And it's a traditional one, Marco. We always end it with music. There's ceremony, there's decorum, even in a theme episode. So gotta end with music. We love the jams. So because it's themed, I'm gonna kick it off with a request. That's right. People actually respond to the Facebook page which was fantastic and so got a shout out to the fans out there and uh my first one was the first response is from joe it is jack's lament by jack aka the pumpkin king this was in the the feature movie nightmare before christmas which is a timber and classic and let's take a listen oh somewhere deep inside of these bones and emptiness began to grow there's something out there far from my home a longing that i've never yeah this one's a a softer ballad you know a little stretch of my musical taste but you know what it's a, an important plot point in the movie and you know jack sings a very nice tune so i'm going with it have you ever actually s- seen this movie i have i saw it i believe in theaters um which was a long time ago i remember enjoying it and actually listening to this song again made me want to watch it so i can't speak well to it but i have seen it it's a it's a tim burton movie correct it is okay yeah i don't think i've seen any tim burton movies which is kind of crazy because that's that's a pretty big movie figure yeah no he's a very creative director and uh if you actually check the facebook page the the song clip is from youtube so you get to see you know the uh, it's claymation as well and you know you don't get a lot of that in your life so it's another you know plus one for this movie so i i recommend it and uh the song is can be a gateway to a good feature length film cool yeah i mean uh, i think it's perfectly themed for halloween so good job joe thanks for responding to the facebook message that's exciting to start becoming more interactive in this episode so my first song um i i actually made my choices i didn't listen to the fans so great work by me (laughs) Um, (laughs) and uh we agreed yeah these would be kind of overall themed halloween songs um i uh went about this kind of in a quirky fashion um i you know Traditional Halloween music is fine, but it's not music I necessarily would recommend to people. Uh, first off, not being a Halloween person. But I do have one album I actually do go to every year for Halloween, and uh, I figured I'd break it out here. Um, it's an indie rock group called Dead Man's Bones, and the song I picked from them is My Body's a Zombie for You. My Body's a Zombie for You. from their self-titled album which came out in 2009 and you might recognize the voice or you might not but i bet you will after i tell you uh the main singer in this group is ryan gosling uh the actor um he teamed up with zach stein uh they were both dating uh halves of the mcadams family rachel mcadams and rachel mcadams sister this was right after ryan gosling shot the notebook and they ended up finding out that they both enjoyed scary movies and they decided to try and make an eerie musical. So the two of them basically formed a band and then went to the Silver Lake Conservatory for music and grabbed their child's choir and basically had them sing background to the two of them. It's just a really quirky album. Uh, you know, And if you don't take it too seriously and just kind of enjoy it for what it is, it actually doesn't sound bad. It's kind of fun and totally in the spirit of Halloween. That was a story. Yeah. And that was a song. <laughs> so good choice, PJ. <laughs> hey, I got into the Halloween theme. I give myself half credit for that at least. No, 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 no. I uh I don't don't take that the wrong way. That was that was a lot. 
and it was a lot of good things. So <laughs> moving right along. Uh, the next one is also a request. This one from our friend Kevin, Nightmare on My Street. And this is by Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff. This was very much involved with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies with Freddy Krueger. So, old school jam coming your way. Yeah, they just don't make them like that anymore. They they really don't. Uh, <laughs> first of all, Will Smith doesn't even make music anymore. But uh, also, props to DJ Jazzy Jeff, who was on last episode's playlist. So back-to-back artist nods. So uh, congratulations to DJ Jazzy Jeff. You know, old school hit and his new stuff last week. But uh, yeah, this is very much a Halloween jam. And honestly, if you're clicking the video on the Facebook page, be careful real footage from the movie which i've never seen and it it's frightening it's a little disturbing so for our younger listeners or those who uh, are a little unsettled be careful from watching that video to be fair i'm annually disturbed by halloween so that just seems to fit with the theme i actually had a really big will smith like phase when i was younger probably around like i'm thinking 98 to 2000 like when miami came out that i i was a fan oh yeah that was that was probably Will Smith's peak, one could say, as an artist. Uh, I mean, he was really mainstream, and he was, I mean, he had real jams coming out. Miami was, Miami really helped the city of Miami grow. I honestly feel the song had partly to do with the success of the city. Um, but yeah, no, no, Will Smith's a tour de force, and uh, this is an older, uh, older gem that uh, our friend Kevin uncovered. So thank you for that. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting too, because yeah, that might have been the peak of his artist. But then he had a whole, you know, probably third life, you'd describe it, as a movie star. Because he hadn't even nearly taken off to what he ended up becoming after that whole music piece. Um, You know, so interesting. (laughs) So uh, second choice for me. Uh, This is where I probably start going a little bit away from Halloween. But I tried to stay within at least the box of Halloween. The song is called Ghost Towns, and it's by The Vaccines. I was going to do in the Halloween side and was mostly trying to figure out some indie rock playlists that had some Halloween themes and I think most of them ended up just picking out names that had an overall concept of Halloween Uh, this song by the vaccines came from their 2012 album come of age it's one of my favorite albums they put out Um, you know if you haven't heard the vaccines before I kind of think of them as kind of a mix of like the Ramones and the Kaiser Chiefs Um, it's this kind of semi-surfer rock but a little more uh punkish to it uh you know if you liked the queen of stone age uh the pick i made last week uh last episode i think this kind of falls in line with that too um you know which that was the second song and this is my second song um just a fun rock out song and something to keep people on their toes in halloween (laughs) gotta be on your toes for halloween no question that was a fun one i had not heard that before so good choice there my final selection is also from the fans, so Trifecta, way to go, Team Weekend podcast fans. This one is a classic. I'm sure everyone's heard. It's Monster Mash by Bobby Pickett. So thank you, Brian, for uh, doing due diligence to our podcast, and you can't have a music Halloween segment without this song. So let it let it roll. Let it roll. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. 
got on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. Another fun fact about this song is I had a friend, I don't recall if people remember the era of ring back on their cell phone. It wasn't a ring tone, but when you call someone, instead of getting the dial tone and the ringing noise, on the end it would stream music to the person. So their ring back tone was Monster Mash. I believe that she said it during Halloween, but left it for months afterwards so anytime you would call her you would get monster mash so that was a that was a fun thing that she did many years ago so another fun fact about monster mash the song yeah you know that is a classic so at least we got one of the just mainstays of halloween in this mix good job but i am surprised i did take a quick look at this list before we started recording this episode I'm stunned that, to me, like, the quintessential Halloween song did not make it. This isn't my choice, but I'm just saying, this wasn't on there, right, Marco? Thriller by Michael Jackson? Not on the list, right? Thriller is is a quality song. Um, however, it was not, as of this recording, nominated by the fans. And uh, I just wanted to dedicate my three spots to the fan choices. There was actually a fourth one that... Uh, was not picked, and I literally went in chronological order of posting. So, um, honorable mention to Adam with his song, but did not make it this week. So, better luck posting for next episode. Thriller is great. Quintessential <laughs> is debatable. I think Monster Mash is older and still getting good playing time. You got which is the better song, but Quintessential, I would give it to Monster Mash, honestly. I would. I mean, if you're at a Halloween party, whatever that means at this point. I mean, to me, the, the song I would be excited to hear is Thriller. Like, because I could actually dance to that. I could, you know, that would actually be a song that today would still get you hyped. No, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, not going to argue that. Thriller is great for a party, more relevant. You could still throw Monster Mesh on early in the evening, maybe 9.30. You have four guests. You know, it's mostly social. <laughs> You get a good laugh from the song and you move on. But I still think you got to put it on the playlist. That's fair. Okay, so then also I get to close it out here for music. So third and final song for me this week is a song called Dearly Departed by Shaky Gray. Oh, you and I both know the house is on it. Yeah, you and I both know I saw Shaky Graves uh, about two years ago in Ann Arbor, and I absolutely fell in love with, I say in hand quotes, uh, band, because it's really just a single person um, on guitar that plays it. This is a duet um, with Emily Patterson. But for the most part, it's just one guy on a guitar, and he plays the drums or a drum with his foot, has a guitar, and sings. And it, I've never seen a one-man band that can do it, that can kind of grab me that in that way. I mean, you know, I wasn't around to watch Bob Dylan uh, in his prime, but to me, this is as close as I've I've seen, where a guy just kind of sucks you in, and you don't even need a backup band. Um, but yeah, he's he's got a lot of dark kind of ghost tunes. So to me, he's a perfect Halloween artist for this time of year. No, this is a good selection. Uh, I, I like your nuanced approach to the Halloween music challenge. And I, and I do, as we kind of close up this episode, I do appreciate PJ for being a good sport throughout this entire episode. As you know, referenced earlier in the Great Debate, not your biggest or favorite holiday, but uh, you know, commendable job throughout the episode and with the music choices. So nice work. No, I appreciate that. Honestly, this is, uh, I, I agree, this is not my favorite holiday. Um, but, you know, I feel like uh, this has been a good chance to bond over, you know, a holiday that, not necessarily my favorite, but I've, I've started to learn why maybe you appreciate it a little more. Yes. Yeah, well, hey, it's the, the power of the podcast. Yes. And uh, thank goodness, that is, 
it for this podcast. Our first <laughs> themed podcast is in the books and hopefully will be published before Halloween. This is the fastest we've ever tried to pull together a podcast since we started creating these. Um, shot and edited in just about a week or two. And uh, hopefully you guys will get a chance to enjoy this right before Halloween. And uh, we'll come back with another one in November. Also, Halloween's great all year round, too, so listen to this podcast as much as you want to infinity. No, no, no. We're, like, Marco, we're done. We are not talking Halloween <laughs> after this. All right, we'll see. Tune in for episode four to find out what we talk about. <laughs> it will not be Halloween. That's it for me. I'm out of here. <laughs> Later, guys. Take it easy. Everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody wants a new romance. Everybody's going off the deep end. Everybody needs a second chance. Oh, you want a piece of my heart? Next time on the show, Team Weekend builds on the success of their theme show and brings back a fan favorite, Halloween. Absolutely not. We are not doing another Halloween podcast, my guy. PJ, it was so fun. All of our segments were themed. The fans loved it. Facebook was buzzing. We had great interaction. People liked this show. It's November. Nobody cares about Halloween. They don't even care about it in October. There are people out there who love this holiday, and we could do a Halloween podcast year-round. Very viable. Very viable. As tensions flare, the team comes to a compromise on an uncle-themed podcast. Okay, yeah, we're back, Team Weekend. This is our uncle-themed episode, and we're going to start with our segment, So It's New. I guess, BJ, what's new with your uncle? Uncles are fantastic, Marco, and I got to tell you, my uncles are all huge, huge fans of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, wasn't your Uncle Charlie supposed to be here for this? Yeah, he didn't want to come. He's not coming. This whole episode's based around uncles. How would we not have an uncle come to the uncle show? Yeah, you know what? I thought he was coming. We had scheduled everything, and then all of a sudden, late October, decided wasn't available. Yeah, all he said in a text message was ethically sourced. Very strange. Oh, it's about that. Huh. Team Weekend will be back better than ever. Peace out, podcast listeners.